Yes, sir. Yeah, we saw. Welcome to another episode of Africa's Untold Stories. Mm-hmm. My name is Brian, and I'm with Sayram. Okay. Yes, sir. As per usual. So, um, this episode is going to be a folk tale. Mm. And so, I am taking the back seat once more. Yes. All right. So, today we are going to be hearing a story that sounds awfully familiar, but then it's going to cast up different characters. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we're going to dive into the legend of Luanda Magere. Who is also nicknamed the Fierce Rock or the Invincible Hero of the Luo people of Kenya. So, the Luo people, I don't know, do you want to jump in here and tell us who they are? Um, yeah, uh, so brief information they are um, an ethnic group that resides largely in Kenya. And there are they are the fourth largest ethnic group in Kenya. There are just over 10 million of them. And, um, this, they are, they speak an exotic language. Um, there are some notable low people that a lot of people would have heard of, like, um, Raila Odinga and, um, what's that, the actress's name? Hmm? Lupita Nyongo. Oh, Lupita. And, hmm. yeah. Barack Obama as well. What? Okay. <laughs> His father's half. Yeah. Ah. So, hmm. yeah, they're large and notable people. Nice. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, let me just jump into the story then. So, Luanda Magere. He is, so mm-hmm. he was, he was, he was born when he was born, right? His mom died. That's a very sad note to start on. But his mom died giving birth to him. And his dad was lost in a battle against their enemies. So he his dad was a warrior as well, who died in battle. Fighting. I just realized <clears throat> let me let me continue this I just realized there's like a um, a connection between these folk heroes and like modern day superheroes. <laughs> Yeah, they have Most tragic the time, back- backstories. Either, yes, tragic backstories. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them, their parents died, and it's like the same thing with most superheroes. Mm. Almost all of them are orphans. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same thing that's with their folk, t- oh, folk heroes as well. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> but yeah, so because of that, he had to be raised by his grandma, right? And... The thing is, like, most of his early life is not really spoken about. It's just known that the Luo people have always been at war with the the Nandis and the Langus, who are, like, very fierce enemies and fierce when it comes to battle. And they had been on, like, a wild losing streak until Luanda came of age and joined in the battles. So, the... He quickly rose to fame. Just, just, um, you said they, 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 they were constantly in battle with, um, who and who? The Langos and the Nandis. The Langos and the Nandis. Yes. 
All right, those are also, um, what do you call them? Uh, ethnic groups that largely reside around the same area as the Luo, mm-hmm. not necessarily in Kenya. Um, so the Lango, um, currently reside largely in Uganda. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> and then, Great. um, yeah. Nandi? The, the, um, what, do you, the Nandi, the Nandi reside, um, well, they, they are largely in Kenya, hmm. while the others are largely in Uganda. But then, you know, the story as you're telling it, they would, there was no Kenya or Uganda back then anyway. Yeah. So that would make sense. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so like I was saying, the, they were basically on a hard losing streak up until the time Luanda joined in the fighting, right? And he quickly rose to fame because he seemed to have oh, superhuman capabilities. Let me just put that. He, he, he seemed to have like superhuman abilities in the sense that he, he, like people actually thought he had indestructible skin. Like there's a reason they called him invincible because it appears that spears or arrows or any weapon thrown at him simply just bounces off the guy. And he became so formidable at a point that he alone could take on like an entire army of people. That's how bad it got. I mean, bad in a good sense for the law, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and and it got so bad, like even at a point, the, the enemies, the Nandis nicknamed him God's Miracle. And at a point, whenever... They are on the battlefield and they hear that Luanda is on the battlefield as well. They immediately just retreat. Like, there's no point fighting. We are going to lose. Let's just go home. <coughs> that's, um, that, that's, that reminds me of, um, Naruto. Um, Minato was Naruto's father. I know you didn't watch Naruto, but like, Minato was Naruto's father. Uh-huh. The, what do you call him? The Yellow Flash. That was what they called him. Oof. And he was so powerful during like the Great Ninja War. Uh-huh. They gave the opposing forces a rule. Like if you see him, just flee. Like don't fight. Him. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, this is the same effect it's this Luanda guy had. Basically, it's the same scenario here. You hear he's on the battlefield. Just turn around and go. It's There's no point. Mm-hmm. And the painful thing is that at least you would escape with your life. But then he... He when he sees an army retreat and he pursues them, so he goes to find their village, and then he raids it and takes their livestock. So he at first became a thing where he was like a nuisance, to the point where he became like a full blown problem for the the enemy, the enemy's mm-hmm. armies. Right. So yeah, they got together at some point, and then. They said, fine, since we cannot win the battle of, you know, strength and ammunition, we might as well try the battle of intelligence. And so, Adari, I'm going to let you guess what you do when you can't win it, when, when, when you are at, you are going at an enemy that seems to just not bat, or like seems to have no vulnerabilities. What do you, what do you propose someone would do? That you you find their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Go on, you're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> By using a woman. 
oh, you see a woman, I would say a spy. But basically send a spy in the midst of the people, right? And so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, the, the, the sense of woman, and not just any woman, they basically presented the prettiest or the most beautiful princess of their land as a sort of... Wait, but, um... So was he? He wasn't married at this point. Oh no, he was married. He had multiple wives. In fact, one of the resources even said that he had up to twenty-five, which I genuinely think is BS, to be honest. But, <laughs> but yeah, right. he had. I mean, it's not like it wasn't uncommon for people back then to have more yeah, than people to have multiple wives. Yeah. So this was basically like you know what? Let's just stop all the fights and let's just make peace. We offer you the prettiest or basically like the most coveted maiden of our land as a wife. And let's call it, let's call it truce basically. But then, I mean, obviously the Lua elders were, I mean, suspicious. Like, I mean, it didn't sit right. Yes. Yeah. So they warned against, they warned against this, but then, Luanda just, I mean, he just agreed anyway. I was like, ah, I mean, why, why not? So he took her in as his wife. And for some time, it appeared things were like on a more peaceful note because there's a treaty in place. Everything is going nicely. But then, like, as we said, she was actually sent there to gather intel to find out what exactly makes him that untouchable in a sense and to find out if he had any weakness they could exploit so having having lived with him for a while then there was a there was a moment where he fell sick that's does it let me get in a moment does it say how long she lived with him no it doesn't say how long she lived with him it just says that at some point his first wife who he usually trusts for like to take care of him, to tend to him when he's feeling, like when he's not feeling too good, you know, was away on a trip. Yeah. Yes. So she was unavailable at the moment where he found himself to be in trouble. Like he was sort of ill or something. And so he needed someone to tend to him constantly. And he tend to, that's why, and this is another reason why I think that 25 wives is BS because if he had that many options, what are the odds that he picked the one that people want him against, right? But then yeah, he turned yeah. to the the Nandi wife and then asked her to turn to him for that period while his first wife was away. But then this is the problem where you've seen you've seen Luke Cage, right? Yeah. Remember the scene where he got like that blunt force trauma to his head and had to be operated on, but then it was almost impossible because yeah. man had yeah. indestructible skin. Yes. You couldn't penetrate his skin. <laughs> Basically that sort of scenario here. So you're supposed to treat him with herbs, but then there's no way to actually make an incision to deliver the herbs where they needed to, to go. So he had to tell her how to, you know, cut him and the yeah. the secret to his strength was that you cannot harm him like he Luanda you can't harm him but then he his shadow is you know 
his shadow is what you have to cut to be able to do something like that. So it's sort of revealed to the, the lady that his shadow is his weakness. That's where they can get him. You have to cut his shadow. Yes. Basically, he, the human being, invincible, invulnerable. Okay, well, you cannot cut or harm him. But to be able to yeah, cause him yeah, to I get that. It's his shadow you must go for. So what? Like, if you cut off his head, and like his shadow's head, his head will cut off? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And also, this is another, this is an, um, a good place to mention that the, so what, when I was reading up on the, the story, they mentioned that his enemies, the Nandis and the Langus, or one of, I mean, yeah. the stories use them interchangeably, which is weird for me. But then they specialized in fighting or raiding villages at night. That was their specialty. They basically used the cover of darkness to operate swiftly, which would make sense as to why nobody could, or nobody figured that out yet. Because if you're fighting with the cover of darkness, then mm. it's pretty hard to get a shadow yeah, to, yeah. to, yeah. So, I mean, so having discovered this, she turns to him. He falls asleep. She sneaks out of the house, goes back to her people, reports what she just saw. And that's like, without hesitation, that same night they attacked. But then, as in, it was sort of like a mistake on their part because attacking at night means that they were, of course, they were, they were caught by something. There is no shadow. Yes, but then there's no shadow. So the war was actually like, they were still getting their ass whooped in effect. But then this one actually dragged on longer than usual. So at dawn, while they were retreating and Luanda was pursuing them like he usually does, one of the soldiers stood like hidden while Luanda was coming up a rock and then he threw his spear at his shadow, which had been projected onto the ground because the sun was coming up. And yeah. that's like, so he, it's a strike his shadow, uh, hero gets downed, slain, basically, and falls to the ground, turning into this massive rock, which according to, you know, legend is still there, is actually visited by people from time to time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So his shadow was against the rock. No, he he fell down. He collapsed into a heap and became this huge rock. That wait. So he he was the the spear was thrown. It stabbed his his shadow, and yes. then he died. Yes. When he died. he died, he transformed into a rock. Into a huge rock. Yes. Transformed into a huge rock. Interesting. Yes. Sort of blocks the path of the the people so that they don't go back to attack his people sort of thing like even in his death like even after he died right because he right, okay I get it. yeah even after he died it said that the 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 nandis experienced a drought that lasted for close to two years so so even oh, wow. yeah even after his death he was like seriously screwing with them right but then that's basically how he met his end he got downed because he told his secret to his wife that he was warned not to take in. And uh, that ended the whole 
that ended the whole legacy or the whole story of this hero. Also, I should mention that because he's like he's used to pursuing the people on his own, it's it's said that the, his army wasn't with him at the time that happened. So yeah, he he actually appeared to he had to appear to the people in his villages, his elders. He appeared to them in a dream, and then. He told them where they can find told them what happened. Yeah, he told them what happened, told them where they can find this rock that was in the middle of the path. So they they they, they actually believe till this day and worship that rock. Like people travel from all over the you know, the country, people who believe in that stuff travel yeah. from all over the country to offer rituals and offer prayers at that rock because they believe it's it still has like potent power that Luanda possesses. I mean, come on. After even after his death, he was still like looking out for his people. So, <laughs> oh, so it's quite a crazy story. Mm. Yeah, interesting story. Mm-hmm. Interesting story. It's very interesting that this is the third story of an invulnerable human from folklore that I can remember at the moment. Um, there is the Jewish Samson, mm-hmm. the um, Greek Achilles, and now the Lu, um, Luanda. Luanda. Mm-hmm. And two out of three of them met their downfall because of a woman. Yeah. Looks like Achilles was the only one who kept his head straight. <laughs> yes. He needed, they needed the intervention of a god to kill him. Yeah. Basically. Everyone else. Everyone else just, fell yeah. to women. Not that women are bad. Let's, let's just state that. Right out of the <laughs> I think I think we need to explicitly speak uh, this. Disclaim, disclaimer, yes. <laughs> We are not saying that women are you know terrible yeah, don't, people. Don't worry, Serum. I don't think I don't I don't think anyone listening to this would presume that we are Okay, good. Just just making sure the world is you know, it's very strange now. <laughs> we need to be yeah. sure nobody misinterprets well. what we are saying. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, we're good. Don't worry. Mm, mm. But um, so how much how much of this folklore is embedded in um actual historical? historical yeah, you know, do we have do we have evidence of um, Luanda's existence? Well, the other than the rock. And the stories that have been passed down by, like, orally, as typically African history takes. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. really. Like, I mean, I know, or it was, when I read about it, they said he was born somewhere in, like, the 1720s or something. So, there are, there are some accounts of the story that offer dates. I mean, they even mentioned his mom, they mentioned his dad, they mentioned that he was raised by his grandma. So a lot of it seems to be like, right. it was a, it's a mix of. Like, I get it. So this is one of those things that we'd never really know. Yeah. We wouldn't really Not know. Not unless you have a time machine. Mm-hmm. Which I'm hoping we can get soon. So I can go like verify a lot of these things. <laughs> but right. at least it does yeah. appear that his, his skill in battle and his strength was unparalleled at the time he was alive because yeah yeah must have been a interesting mm. also yeah. his name sounds like the capital of angola yeah luanda <laughs> yeah 
Anyway, so what's our what's our episode lesson? A lesson. A lesson on um, what do you call them? <clears throat> Listening to your elders sounds good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Certainly. Because I mean, if you listened, yeah, mm-hmm. if you listen to the elders when they advised him that don't do this, he would have been fine. Yeah. And it's it's especially interesting considering the initial suggestion to give him the Nandi wife came from the elders of the other people. Yeah. Like they came up with that plot Mm -hmm. and his elders probably knew what the other ones were thinking. So they're like, don't do it. Yeah. That's true. Listen to your elders, man. You didn't listen to them. Yeah. This, this is a much better lesson than, than the other one that I had in my head. So let's just go on. (laughs) Right. Alright, so I think I think that's it for the story then. Yep, that's it for the story. Alright, lovely, lovely story. Mm-hmm. Okay, then um I guess that brings us to the end of uh this episode of Rafkes Untold Stories. Yeah. Um next episode I'm taking over again. Mm. History stuffs. Yes. Right. So um thank you for listening. Um please do remember to I'm going to change that part a little bit. It's now automatic visa. It's like a record. <clears throat> right. Thank you for joining us. And, um, please remember to like and share the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't have heard of some of the stories we tell, especially the ones like this one. Yeah. Rwanda. Cause I noticed, I noticed actually that when, when we put out the episodes that, um, People, most people have heard very little about. Like, I, I wouldn't have heard this one if it wasn't because of you anyway. Mm-hmm. So those ones tend to have less listens because people don't really recognize the names they are seeing. I'm presuming, at least I'm presuming that's how it is. Oh. Or people search for those kind of things less. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then, yeah, that's the point of all Africa's untold stories. These are yeah. untold stories. Yeah. Untold. You know, we're telling them. So, um, Please do share with others so that they get to listen to these kind of stories. Mm-hmm. And um, follow us on Instagram at Africa's Untold Stories and on Twitter at... At Africa's underscore Untold S. Yes. Mm. And um, I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Mm. Till next time. Peace. Peace.